the way of your ability to fight in battle. Men, I want you to gird your loins for action. Say, gird, gird, your, gird, gird your loins. He said, just how important you hold your loins, I want you to hold your mind as important. And I want you to be attentive. Get it in with me. Because we're about to dive into a sea of wisdom that I want you to be ready for action for. So he says, be attentive. Say, be attentive. Verse 2, he says, that you may keep discretion. Say, discretion. Men must be able to make covenant decisions. If you're going to be a real man, you got to be able to make covenant decisions. He says that you may keep discretion. Discretion is an interesting term. Discretion is the ability to make proper decisions. Now, usually in Proverbs, they tra- he translates it, some translators translate it um, prudence. It's a, it's a cousin word of wisdom. But, but, but it's, the ability, it's the ability to make plans. Now, he says guard knowledge in the B part of the verse. So he says keep discretion and guard knowledge. It's kind of synonymous in what he's saying, but he is saying something intricately different through the two. When he says keep discretion, Pastor Deuce was talking about last week decision-making and the will of God. He went over to chapter 16, um, verses 1 through 3, verse, and, and verse 9, and talked about the plans of a man's heart. Well, what he says here is kind of married to it and integrated to that. He says a real man, Solomon tells his son, is a man that plans. Now that's simple. But how many men we know don't plan nothing? He says plan, but then he doesn't just say make plans. He says, guard knowledge. What he says is, let your discretionary plans reflect God's rubric, God's nutrition, God's truth, God's information, God's way of thinking, God's way of doing things. So he says, a man that's in a relationship with God, us being Christians, we would say with God through Jesus Christ. What we as men are supposed to do is in every area of life. Now, listen, he's preparing him because he's about to talk to him about sex. He's saying in this area, you got to have a plan. Not only that, you got to have the right information that informs how you plan. The right information isn't found in a mere sociological book, no pun intended, got a degree in it, but I'm talking about the scriptures. In other words, the knowledge of God in the area of sex, an area that's systemic to your manhood, every man's battle. You have to have knowledge of God based on knowledge of God. You have to have a blueprint. He says, I want you to, when you get the blueprint, when you, when you, when you get your, I want you to get out your stash. And what I want you to do is I want you to keep it close to you. I want you to allow it, guard, keep, I want it to be like a shield. I want it to be something that is able to deflect jacked up philosophies that engage you when you get in the culture. And so he dives into it. It's funny. Verse 3, <laughs> he says, no, verse 2, he says, and your lips guard knowledge. Now check out verse 3. He says, for the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. Oh, my goodness. He says, now, now that, now that I got your attention, <laughs> now that 
you have God's way of thinking in some way, shape, or form, and God's way of doing things. I want you to keep this close to you because there's a woman out there. And she's waiting for you to come out the crib. And she has delectable lips. In other words, she's fine, son. If he knew about the Commodores, he would say, son, she's a brick house doc. He says her lips drip oil, a, a, a drip, drip honey. Now, let's talk about honey. Now, in their culture, housewives use honey like mamas today use allspice. In other words, allspice or, or what's the other uh, uh, accent? You know, the, the season all. Season salt. There it is. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. What would you say? Lowry's, Lowry's, y'all ghetto in a mug. <laughs> Look, <laughs> and they and they put honey in everything because honey makes everything taste better, even if you don't like it. He says this woman will feed you an altar philosophy of life, but she'll make it taste good. She'll tell you. Look at, I mean, you just don't know. You, I mean, you, 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 I mean, you the man. I mean, I mean, if, I mean, if I had a husband like you, you know, I, I would, I can't even tell you. Come over here. Let me whisper it in your ear because there's too many people around. She flatters you. She flatters you. Because know what she knows? She know we got ego. She likes an egotistical maniac. She like a man that ain't got no self-esteem. She like a man that don't know who he is in Jesus. And she'll give you an identity. And she like to talk to you. And she comes in so many forms. She's, she's folly incarnate. She, 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 I mean, she's the, femme, the, the French call her femme fatale. Le. I don't know how you say it, Tiff. I hope that's the way you say it. <laughs> he got an E at the end. I don't know if it's silent. What up? But. She, she hard on the dude. She hard on the dude. And, 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 and she comes in many forms. Men, you know what you like. She's heavy up top and heavy in the back with a, with a small waistline. She got silky baby hair. You know what I'm saying? She ain't got them little, them, them little combatants in the back. You know what I'm saying? Little dudes fighting and shaking in the back. She... She keep her hair up. She wears low-cut clothing so you can see the crack of her breasts. So that while you're talking to her, not only her lips are honey, but something else is looking like honey. She got the thighs you like. She got the calves that you like. And she exposes herself in such a way that you're drunk off of her body keeping you attentive to her. She comes in many forms. It's a lady out here now. Um, she's going out telling the escapades that she's had with different rappers. She's going out. I'm not going to tell you what her nickname is because that's not church worthy. Paul would call it things that are not worthy to be spoken. But, 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 but she's known for certain things. Matter of fact, she's the type of woman like Femme Face. She'll tell you, I'll do to you stuff your wife won't. See, and men, men, see, men let, me, let me just explain something about men. 
Men like a wholesome-looking woman who's a freak behind closed doors. Now, everybody, y'all looking at me like I'm funny, but the fellas, fellas, y'all can front if y'all want to. Now, some of y'all think that he shouldn't be saying that. Okay, okay. Read Song of Solomon. Look here, family. Look here, family. Look, look, look. Brothers, look, like a lot of men go through. See, a lot of men get married. I always tell dudes, don't, don't, don't let how you, you really want to be with your fiancé or girlfriend before marriage cause you to front and misunderstand what things are going to be like once you get married. Because you're going to have to step up your game. That's a whole nother pastoral discussion. But here, she's described as the one, she's described as a freak. A one that, a, a, a one that, that, that wants you, I'll do anything to you. The femme fatale, her lips drip with honey and she wants to pull you in. She, I mean, she loves to talk game to you. She comes in many forms. She comes as the video hoe. She comes as the internet porn. She comes in many forms. She comes in the form of the sister on the block that's known for doing certain things. She comes in a multiplicity of forms. Matter of fact, the Bible calls this woman, this one will fool you. Because this one over in chapter 7, she says, you know, just in case you want to know where I'm standing with Yahweh, I just gave thanksgiving offerings to God. So I'm in the covenant of of people. I'm in the covenant community. I'm a, I'm a believer. See, that's the one that'll fool you. Ones that come in like a snake in the midst of the brethren and want to pull you down like an emperor was pulled down by a woman. Says this feminine fatale. And so, and so, and so here it says her lips, she, she, her, the, uh, for the lips of the forbidden woman, it, it, it drips honey and her speech is smoother than oil. Since when she talks, she's like a female MC kind of like. I mean, she's a beastie, lethal female MC. Wraps stuff about lip gloss and carrying on. <laughs> they used to use oils in a lot of ways, but I believe it's used in an interesting way here. I don't believe one commentator says he's talking about olive oil. I think she's talking about myrrh oil. And I think when he uses, uses the terminology, the terminology, because she'll talk later about I've laid my bed with myrrh. Like she put myrrh on. I mean, she's, she's, she's gifted at what she does. And she laid myrrh in the bed so that when they slept together, the smell of the myrrh would soak them both. The Bible says that, not, not E. The Bible says that. And, and as he's warning them, it, it, you know, the oil was used to massage. It was used to make one ready for the, the attack of sexuality. Now, what we're saying is, I don't want you, as I'm going through this, to think that we're talking about sex as something wrong. It's far from that. We're just talking to you first about the foolish part of it before we get to the godly part of it. So it says, but the end, it says, it says no, not, not there yet. He says, for her lips, uh, the, the lips of a forbidden woman dripped honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. <laughs> but then, matter of fact, what does she tell you? Look over in chapter 7, verses 10 through 23. This is how she talks to you. She says, and behold, Solomon says, behold, the woman meets him dressed as a prostitute. 
wildly of heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay home. Now in the street, now in the market, and at every corner, she lies in wait. She seizes him and kisses him, slobs him down. And with a bold face, she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices, and today I paid my vows. So now I have come to meet you, to seek you eagerly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, colored linen. She got linen from Egypt. It's imported fabric. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh. She sprayed the, the covers and carrying on with myrrh and aloes and even cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill on love to the morning all night long. Let us delight ourselves with love. She uses that word loosely. For my husband is not home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him, so I need some money. At full moon, y'all think the Bible don't talk about stuff, don't y'all? Don't y'all think the Bible is old and decrepit and wrinkled, don't you? Get in it sometimes. It'll fool you. Amen. She said, at full moon, he'll come home. With much, with much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once, he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter. Or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces his liver. As a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. I know in our culture, they teach us, get all you can get. I had family members hand me condoms before I went to college. My pop's friends told me, get all you can get, son. You getting any? When I come back from college, you getting, how much you getting? How much you getting? How many girls, how many girls you tackling? What they look like? How they shape? Talk to us, fam. That's the older men. That's what they were talking to me about. Talking to me about, they were training me in wrecking women's lives. Your manhood, son, is, is, is measured. It's measured by how many chicks you can get, man. How many phone numbers you, we used to say, how many girls you book? How many girls you, how many girls you get? Basing manhood off of how many you can tackle. Not knowing that it takes a real player to marry somebody and run out of tricks sexually and have to recreate new tricks over and over and over again. That's a biblical player. That, that's called becoming one flesh. We'll talk about that a little bit more next week. What it looks like to become one flesh. But the world teaches us, man, how many chicks you hitting? How many you, how many you, and we, and based on that, even when we went, I remember I would go to the schoolyard. Cats would be talking about, yeah, I, I, hit, I, hit, I hit Sharid up, man. I hit Lakeisha up, man. I'm telling you. And I'm just hearing cats, and I'm sitting out there like, dang. Dang. Like, I, I, I need to get into something. And they said, what, what you doing, Eric? Oh, you know, I. <laughs> I'm just as virgined up as, as, as all get out. But because the men, the young men, valued 
how many women you can tap. I felt less than a man being in the mix. So I started making up stuff. Oh, we was in the garage. You know what I'm saying? We was, we was, you know, I'm making up stuff. It ain't nothing happened. But I believe some of that still creeps and still lurks in many of our lives that we think, that we think, dang, I'm sick of my wife. She ain't coming with it. Now, man, I'm telling you, if you don't, you know, I'm just saying, I'm a man. You know, the Bible say, you know, 1 Corinthians 7 in full effect. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know. If we're going to talk about it, we got to talk about it. Because we got we to gotta know the enemy's darts. See, what he's telling them is he's saying, son, you got to know game. See, he's teaching his son. He's not showing his son pornographic tapes, but he is teaching him game. Not just so game, no game, but so that kingdom can uh, falsify game. That's key. Some of y'all missed that. But the kingdom, see, when you got God's kingdom nutrients, discretion informed by knowledge, in other words, godly plans, that means he's talking about boundaries there. See, you got to know game. But see, some of us act like we don't know game. I don't know what she was talking about. You know what she was talking about. Going to see, going to see even R-rated flicks that, that, that are, and I'm not trying to be legalistic, but some of them, you know it got some stuff. Like, I'm telling you, it's some stuff I can't see. I'm just telling you, it'll mess me up three months. I, I ain't fronting. I see peekaboo, and I see peekaboo, I'm gone. I got to pray. Oh, I got to, I mean, I'm messed up. I'm going, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm fasting. At, I need help. Listen, I'm, I'm a freak. I'm crazy. I'm trifling. I'm, and I need God's, re- listen, I need God to help me. Listen, now, 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 some of y'all are so manly. Oh, I'm good with mine. You know, I can handle it. I can handle it. You know, I ain't got, you know. Yeah. But when the girl put the little thing on your MySpace page, you were trying to see, you know, because I see some of y'all MySpace pages. You know, I'm just dropping you a line. <laughs> like, like, like your music, like, 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 like the, the, your blog. Ah, smash. Listen. And some of you are like, oh, I wonder if I can minister to her. I wonder if, you know, if, you know. That's when you need to call 3130 and ask a sister to get on a system. So I, I, she needs the Lord, man. I saw her blog, man. She bugged out. And you just thinking about all. You know, men, we like a click snapshot. Before there was a digital camera, there was the man's mind. Pick up and we walk around all day. Meditating. Meditating. I mean, all day long. Y'all know we, we good at keeping a picture. And we'll juice that picture for every fantasy we can use it for. You better stop fronting. He tells you to watch out. He tells you to watch out. 
He says you should watch out. He tells us to watch out. I like the way, my man, this is a banging book. True sexual morality. A banging book. He talks about different types of immoral sexuality. But you got to understand a philosophy. You got to understand a philosophy of immoral sexuality. And, and this all has to do with that. He says, this is the, he said, the source of moral authority in Playboy, Playboy's sexual morality itself. Moral authority consists of sensing physical pleasure. Moral goal is entertainment, fun. Philosophical basis, modernism. Functional purpose is producing physical pleasure. Approach is mundane. Moral standards are subjective, depends on what you like. Main focus is love of self. Secondary focus, nothing. That's what he's saying. Most important dimension of sex is the physical dimension. Depth is shallow. Sex is considered. What? A commodity to be spent or consumed. Sexual morality is considered a private matter, no one else's business. Sexual intimacy is considered more public than, pri than a private matter. Depends on your taste. Marriage should be whatever individuals choose. Traditional marriage is considered optional but not ideal. Children are considered burdens. Sexual discipline is considered a bad thing. Relation of sex to marriage, morally unrelated. Relation of happiness to family duty. Physical happiness justifies fulfilling family duty. Effect on the dimension of sex reduces sex to biology. Relational nature of sex is denied. You ain't got to have a relationship. Spiritual life is ignored or denied. Scripture is ignored, denied. God's authority over sex is ignored or denied. Ultimately worships the biological sexual self. I meant to put this up today. I'm going to put it up next week with God's view next to it. See, the center of this passage is ulterior to the gospel, self. See, 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 most of us think, see, some of y'all wanting to get married because you want to have your sexual climax. That's still wrong. The center, you think, that, you think this, I got to get married because I'm just, now, and that sounds godly, but that ain't biblical. That, that, that's limited. And I, 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 I'm going to wait till next week, but there's a comprehensive picture of the influence and impact of sex that will even, that it doesn't flow, it doesn't give you manhood, it flows from manhood. See, Jesus gives you manhood, but it's the joy of the Lord is affirmed and even uh, 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 strengthened in our lives when we do it his way because we're living in light of our identity. I got to say that for next week. But, but, but he says in the text, he says, he says, but, contrast of conjunction, he says, the end, the end, the end, the end, she is bitter as wormwood. He said, this woman, he said, her lips start off dripping. He says, and at first it tastes real good when you're slobbing her down. He said, but when the consequences, and he's going to lay out some, some real practical consequences in a second. He said, he said, it's as bitter as wormwood. Now, you got to understand what wormwood was. Wormwood was like fertilizer. Wormwood was, it, it was it's like a mixture. It's kind of like gall 
It's kind of like gall, what, they, what, they, what, they, what, what happened with Jesus on the cross. Gall, bitter. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, he said, this woman, he said, he, said, it'll, he said, when you get in these relationships or when you enjoy these things, he said, well, what happened is, is he said, it doesn't come out to be what all the promises laid, she laid out. He said, she's bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet... Her feet, her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path of Sheol, the grave here. She does not ponder the path of life. She doesn't even think about God's ways. She's not concerned about God's ways. See, when you grow spiritually as a man, the lack of comprehensive connectivity becomes more than just our personal release sexually. See, when you're walking in biblical manhood, the adulteress is boring. The freak is boring. I, I mean, she's boring. Like, like, and this sounds, he say, boring? Yes. Redemption makes things of the flesh boring. Because it's always limited. He says it's limited. See, when you're growing in Jesus... You know you're growing in Jesus, not when you don't feel it, not when nothing happens to you anymore. I'm straight. But you know you're growing in Jesus when you think about the path of life and what it's like to experience sex comprehensively from God's perspective. See, that's good for our single brother. Our single brother right now, man, I, what I'm going to do, I mean, y'all cats got rings on, go home to a wife. Yeah. You got to ponder life. You gotta ponder life. See, he says, he says, the center of our manhood is not, and some of us today were struggling with masturbation. And that's a bad training ground. That's a bad training ground. Because masturbation is a point of selfishness. Because you're you're doing that to yourself for yourself. And men ain't the only ones that struggle with it. Selfish selfish about us when you train yourself when, <laughs> when you train yourself for yourself when you finally get someone you have no self to give and I'm going to break that down in a second because it's right here in the text because when you train yourself for selfish releases redemption becomes more of a challenge when you finally get married when you get married, you don't know how to give yourself to a woman in a way that lacks you just, I, I, I got mine, you, you straight? That, that ain't God, y'all. That ain't the kingdom. See, 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 you got to ponder the path of life. Man, when we talk about, when we get into it, we're going to talk about the well-roundedness. Let me go before I get into it. We're going to wait the next week. Want to keep it kind of, you know. He says, she, she does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander, and she does not know it. So the woman you're you getting with, the woman you're getting it in with, and see, let me tell you something. She lies. She's a liar. She don't come to as many sexual climaxes as she was fronting on you. She can't. <laughs> she can't. It's nothing like God-centered sex. But see, she'll front like you're pleasing her, and you're not. 
because she doesn't ponder the path of life. She just wants you, and she, like, this is very, very important. Then men become trained in a way, it become, we become trained in a way to think that what work with, with, with Shaquita and Mary and Elizabeth and Maria is going to work with your wife. Ain't going to work with your wife. That's why it says the two shall become one. And we'll, we'll bring it down. But, but it's important that you understand that the stuff that you were doing on somebody else ain't going to work necessarily when you get married. Oh, I got game. You know, I, I'm, but we want to be freaks, but then we want girls to be a virgin so we can turn them out. That's real talk. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. And so they don't pound in the pound a lot. But look what happens. He says, oh, now, he said, he said, and now, oh, sons, he says to me, listen to me. He says, do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way, your road, keep your road, keep your path, keep your walk in wisdom, keep your relationship with the community of the wise, keep your way far from her. He says, don't even go in her vicinity. Some of us, you know, we just want to go over and smell her perfume. Oh. We just want to get, I just want to, one look ain't, you know, I, I heard the one look rule. That don't work. The one look rule don't work. You just look one. If you look a second time, look, we men, click, clip. I look once. He says, don't go near her. He said, if you know she a freak, stay away from her. Send somebody else to minister to her. I mean, it's a lot of lost people out here, unreached people groups. You know, the freak is an unreached people group, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. You need to get up in the... It's telling you, dog. You, know, you ain't going... I'm a, I got you. I got you, man. You praying. It ain't going to work. Say, who can take fire into his own bosom and get burnt? And you know your type. You know what you like. See, women engage the mind. We're going to talk about them when we get to But men, they just, but I, got, I know what I like. I, I've already pictured how I want to get this done. That's men. And he said, since I know you, son, stay away from her. He said, son, the closer you go, don't start a conversation with her. Don't start. I remember when I was in seminary. I was in seminary. I used to work at Banana Republic. This was a long time ago. And, um, I, 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 you know, it's my first year of school, and they put me on the trial rooms. And I, I, I didn't like that. I, I was single, and I was trying to walk with Jesus. They put me on a trial. So, so, I mean, this, I mean, this smoking girl come in, right? And she try, She said, can I get a room? I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm opening the thing up. I open the thing up and go like that and walk away. I'm how many items, sir? You know what I'm saying? She goes and she comes out and she like I'm way at the other end. She said, Psst, "Come here. How this look?" And I was like, "Okay, I'm about to lose my seminary degree. <laughs> I'm about to." And and I and I, and I said, "Well," and, and I began to look, and I began to act like I was a I was patronizing her. But the whole time, I was taking angled shots of her body. And that was the, that was, that, I'm just telling you for real, for real. Like, and I struggled. 
I almost fell. I was going to ask her for a number, whole nine, because I walked near her. I came near her. He says, keep away from her. He said, he said, I don't care how much Bible you got in you. You can have flee immorality. Well, that, that's the verse. Do what the verse say. Don't stand there and say flee immorality, flee immorality, flee immorality, flee immorality, flee immorality. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was helpful. Get away. He said, keep your way far from her. He said, and do not go near the door of her house. He said, don't go to the, near the door of her house. He says, lest you are. Yeah, I'm going to preach this part. He says, verse 9, he says, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless. Let's talk about honor. Let's give a big framework of honor. This is a huge word. Ha'od. It's a huge word. It's usually used. It's a word that's usually translated honor, majesty. Um, it's usually used of God. Because, see, see, God's majesty, God's glory and his majesty are different, even though they're, in, they're, they're, they're closely related. See, God's glory is the beauty of his perfections. But, see, his majesty is his glory showcasing his perfections. In other words, it, his majesty is the display of the showroom of all of who he is. That's his majesty. That's his honor. Now, the word here, honor, is interesting. It's used of kings. But listen, when used of man, it, it, it talks about something. To do. If you've got the New American Standard, I like the way it translates it. It's an excellent translation. It translates it vigor. 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 <laughs> he says, lest you give your honor or vigor to others. This is powerful. His vigor is, is, is a loaded word in and of itself. But, but the word, here it means your manhood. It means your best sex. Technically. It means your ability within the prime of life to best perform in the bedroom. That's what the Bible's teaching. There's a pocket of time, and you know we got Viagra now, but there's a pocket of time in his time span where men were in their sexual prime. That's why Sarah laughed when God says you're going to have a... She said, that's funny than the mug. Like, <laughs> my, my husband's 75 years old. He going to give me pleasure? It said, all right, God, I hear you. And then, um, then God said, um, Sarah, you laughed. She said, I ain't laughed. He said, yes, you did. I heard you. You said, well, I receive pleasure in my old age. That's not just pleasure of having a child. That's some can he bring it? That's what he's talking about. It's in the Bible, y'all. It's not just being nasty. He said, so there's a, there's a pocket of time. But, he, but Solomon says to his son, he says, don't waste the time on a freak that you could be spending on a wife. He says, don't give away all of your passion. Don't give away all of your romantic skills. Don't, gi don't give it away. You, husbands, you know what it's like when your eyes have gotten away from you and you come home to your wife. She's not as attractive as she should be because you've given it away. You've given it away. So he said, he said listen, we're going to talk about that next week. He said, he said, don't give your vigor. He says, don't give your performance to somebody that won't appreciate it. 
And he's not just talking about having a girlfriend. I'm just one person. I'm just one. No, we ain't talking. We got to say that. Like married. He's talking about don't give it to a woman you ain't married to. Like not, when I'm monogamous, I got one girlfriend. I remember I used to think just because I had a girlfriend that I was in God's will, you know. I'm good. I just mess with her. I don't mess with nobody else. So I thought I was better than the guys who spread themselves thin. But he says, don't give your vigor away. He says, don't give the, your, I like, some translations stress, don't spend your strength. Don't spend it. Don't, 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 don't give it all away. He says, listen, he says, savor it. Single men, savor it. Some of you need to stop masturbating. You need to stop it. Because you're spending your strength. You need to stop watching porn. Because God might give you a woman whose breasts aren't as big as the ones you're used to looking at on the Internet. What you going to do? Your strength will be spent. Then you can't enjoy a godly wife because you got somebody else's in your mind. Pictures flashing to your mind on your wedding night. Because you couldn't hold it down. Hold it down. Ask God to give you a new start, man. Ask God to affirm your manhood above just, just that, man. Don't spend it. Don't give your eyes away. We think men aren't emotional. We're deeply emotional. Deeply emotional. And, and those things will, will, will begin to reformat our passions. And then we want, we want our wife to do what we saw in a, in a, in a porno flick. She's not your prostitute. Now, is the bed under fire? Absolutely. And we're going to talk about how to enjoy it next week. But this week, we got to talk about not spending it. Husbands, husbands, stop fantasizing about being married to somebody else. Husbands, romance your wife. Stop looking at going to talking to, developing relationships, and having emotional relationships with other women that you wish you could sleep with and have because you won't work it out with your own wife. You're spending your vigor. You're wasting your time. Abide in the woman that God has given you. Find satisfaction. I'm suspect of men that don't like their wife. I'm suspect of you. If you're always down on your wife, I don't like it. You're and, and coming to me, affronting like you, you godly with it. No, you're not. You're developing a demonic imagination. That's what you're doing. And you're blaming your wife. We'll get to the women, but we're on you this, that, today. You gotta stop. You gotta begin to. We're gonna talk about the depth of the but, 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 but don't spend your vigor. Many men aren't attracted to their wives anymore because they give it away to so many different places. Then, when your wife is finally ready to engage you, you have nothing to give to her. Says, "Lest your years to the merciless." Your years is that span of time. But then he says. Let strangers take their fill on your strength. 
He says, let strangers, people that don't even believe, people that don't know God, people that aren't in a relationship with you and through marriage, a woman. He, said, he says, don't give away your strength. He says, let strangers be intoxicated. This word fill almost has a sense of intoxication, total satisfaction. Has a sense of eating, eating until you're full and you're no longer hungry. Don't give all of that away. That's for somebody else. Then he says, and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. <laughs> he said, listen, he said, it's several levels this thing could turn into. You spend the money trying to romance a freak, buying her stuff, taking her out to eat on the other side of town. Nobody know about it. Get her pregnant. He says, your goods go to her house. Child support. He says, listen, son. He said, if you don't keep your pistol in your pocket, he says, somebody going to be benefiting off you. This guy that had a $5,000 a month job. He had so many kids. He had so many kids that after he finished paying child support, he had $1,000 to his name. 5000 after taxes, and you only got $1,000 to your name. He says, she said, look what she does. He says, when you should have been spending time with your community, know what it says. He says, let strangers, plural, take their fill on your strength. In other words, you didn't take her to your community, but she took it back to hers. <laughs> Notice it's singular in the passage till it gets to strangers, plural. Now she done got stuff from you. She's taking money, loot, credit cards, enjoyment, child support payments, and she taking, hey, y'all, look what I got from that dummy. Look, I just gave him a little bit. Come on, let's go shopping, girl. Let's go get our nails done. Let's go get our toes done. Let's. He said, let strangers, God, God give you resources to steward. See, it, and it goes into different areas of life. And what happens is, is the things that God wanted you stewarded is now going to the household for, of a fool, for the kingdom of foolishness, all because of a lack of self-control and a misunderstanding of manhood. He said, all your labors, all your labors go to the house of a foreigner. You working your behind off for it to go to other people. He says, and at the end of your life, you groan. When your flesh and body are consumed. One, one commentator just said this could, this could mean diseases. I think it's possibly that. But I think the sense of it is, you look, it's a man who's looked back on his life and looked at how he's mismanaged his manhood. One of the greatest joys of being a man is if God gives us long life to be able to look over our life and feel like we've pleased the Lord. <laughs> we don't want to look back at our life and our, our, we're just like, what was I thinking? What, what was I doing with my life? Why did I, God's, God had invested so much in me. God had made opportunities. I prayed for that job, got that job, got that degree, got that opportunity, and all of it went to waste because I didn't know who I was in him. Then he goes further. Then he says, he said, and you say, how I've hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. He said, I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. 
He said, I am on the, at the brink of ruin in the assembled congregation. He said, it will go public. And everybody in the community of the wise will know that you mismanaged your life. Fears. Fears. In this, in the day, in, 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 in this day and time, fellas, this day and time, it's so much opportunity to fall. It's so much opportunity to make me, and, and we're not trying to dog anybody. That's not what we're trying to do. But he says, when I have to go back to the community, I'm going to have to give an account of it. Now I'm ruined in the midst of the community of the wise. People don't see me the same way. I, I'm, I've lost credibility. center of what it means to be a man, Solomon tells his son, is how you can control your sex drive. He said, if you sleeping with every chick you can, he said, that's not manhood. That's not manhood. And so I pray, I pray that we wouldn't think of faulty ways of losing our manhood. But we would see that when we don't realize, like 1 Corinthians says, verses 18 through 20, it says, we are the temple of the Spirit, and we have been bought with a price. Therefore, we must glorify God in our bodies. It, and I know it's a challenge. I'm a fella, too. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. So I'm not up here acting like I'm on a high horse about this thing. But I am saying that we got to link up, lock up, and fight together. we got to be in relationships where we can be honest about our struggles. We can't isolate ourselves. We've got to be in a place where we are in a community of cats where it's cool to glorify God in your body. I'm not talking about pridefully saying how much we haven't done. Because most of the time they're lies anyway. But being around and being in relationships were just like back in the schoolyard where cats were saying how much they got. You can be in the community of the wise where we say, man, I'm trying to hold it down God's way, man. Keep me lifted. So-and-so. It's a girl that I see every now and then. She, she, she gets me. I need you to pray for me. I need you to ask me about her. I'm into this. I'm into that. Whatever it is. I'm at the magazine rack, and I'm not looking at pornography, but I just take fire into my bosom by looking at Honey Magazine, Extra Large Magazine, looking in the back. I'm looking at Maxim, whatever the name of it is, Mag. I'm look. I, I I act like I'm looking at the articles, but I'm I'm spending my strength, fam. Let me just be straight up. Let me let me just be straight up. I specifically look for R-rated movies that got nudity in it because I want to be able to say I don't look at pornography. Oh, we, can, we got some tricks, don't we, fellas? We need God's grace, fellas. And I pray that we don't just do, do the right thing morally, but we submit it to Jesus Christ and be honest. You've got to be honest. If you, if you keep fronting, you cannot redeem yourself from your sin. If you keep saying, I can handle it, I can handle it, I can handle it, I can, it's like yeast. It's like helium in a balloon. 
it'll show itself up soon. So I pray that in Christ, that we see our manhood in light of Christ and in light of us living as redeemed temples as men and living that in light of the cross. Next week, stay with us. It's going to be part two. Part two. We're going to talk about the, the, the beauty and glory of enjoying sex in marriage. The most beautiful thing on earth is for God to have a pleasurable place to do something and he's cool with it and you can enjoy it. I was so jacked up and on my wedding night, I was scared to engage because I've been so messed up. I've been, I was just so messed up. I underestimated. I underestimated my escapades and my journey. Some here's a cat that flunked. I flunked. My wife was a virgin. I was a flunk. I, I flunked at it. So I'm just trying to give you a stop sign. Because <laughs> God had to reshape me to become one flesh with my wife. And it took time because I had so many women in my heart and mind that when it was time to become one flesh with her, that I had become one with so many others, that she was just another trophy amongst all the others that I had become one flesh with. So I needed God to detox me. And I need God, needed God to help me to reapproach sex biblically. And he's still doing it. He's still doing it. I'm here as a cat that's flunked and has seen God's redemption. I'm not where I want to be yet. But I'm gonna be so I'm you know what I'm saying, Jay. I'm being better. Let's pray, y'all. Ah, Father, we want you. Lord God, you bought us with a price.